Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show, episode 139. Janine is back with me this week to talk another holiday movie, Janine. But is it really a holiday movie? I mean, it's set at Christmas. Doesn't have a great deal to do with Christmas. So, in my view, it's an unorthodox holiday movie. But regardless, I'm very excited to talk about it anyway. Are you? I am. I, I had no idea what this was going into this, how Christmassy it would be or how not Christmassy it would be. Um, but, you know, it's always fun to discover new movies, especially old classic ones. So I was really excited to check this one out. Yeah, and look, this was a new discovery for me as well. And looking into this um, particular movie, um, it, it kind of made me want to do another movie of its kind, which we're actually doing in a couple of weeks. But we'll get into all that because today on episode 139 of the main show, we are talking The Thin Man from 1934, the kind of detective comedy with William Powell and Myrna Loy, the start of the whole The Thin Man movie series, which lasted for, I think, about five movies or yeah, something like that. I was really surprised. This was like its own little, uh, you know, film series. Like it was. <laughs> old-timey franchise, almost. But... Old-timey <laughs> franchise. The precursor to the modern-day movie franchise yes. were the Universal Monsters and The Thin Man. <laughs> Let's, let's just acknowledge that. Um, although it kind of makes sense as to why something like this would become a little bit of a movie series. Because I just think it's a very, very entertaining style of movie. Yeah. That people would want to see over and over again with these particular leads. Yeah. I think that. Anyway, um, as far as it being a Christmas movie, look, like we've said... This is a new discovery for both me and Janine this week. This is something we love about It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show, is its ability to uh, allow us to find movies that we hadn't seen before that are absolute little gems. Yeah. And I think we think we've found one this week. I think we really, really have. Um, but it was on, like, lists of Christmas movies because, obviously, we're in the holiday movie extravaganza right now. I mean, yes, we've done we Miracle are. on 34th Street. Me and Nolan last week did Christmas in Connecticut. Both pretty Christmassy movies. Yes. This one's just set at Christmas. I mean, yeah, <laughs> sure, there's a few Christmas songs thrown in there. But it's got virtually nothing to do with actual Christmas. No, but it's a great uh, kind of uh, detective sleuthing comedy. So It is. I mean, yeah. it, a sleuthing comedy is the perfect <laughs> yeah. way to put it. I know that it was originally a novel. Now, I don't know how much comedy's in the novel, but I'm led to believe that, to be honest, a lot of the comedy just comes from the very natural um, rapport and relationship. Not that it was a romantic relationship between William Powell and Myrna Loy, the two stars, who play Nick and Nora. Yes. <laughs> now, if those two names sound somewhat familiar from a modern-day movie... Do they have an infinite playlist? Well, you're funny you should say that because those two characters get the names from these two characters. Uh, That's a nice little bit of movie trivia 
right there. Didn't we so cover Hick and Nora on Morgan Hasn't Seen? No, we haven't. We haven't. Hmm. We haven't. I don't know where. I'm pretty sure you wanted to at some point. I did, I think, when we did mu- movies about music or something like that. Yeah. But those two characters actually, I'm led to believe, get their characters from Nick and Nora from The Thin Man in the 30s, all the way back then, in this weird, silly little movie that this is, that made sequels, apparently one of them is some sort of half musical. Um, (laughs) We're actually doing the direct sequel or the second movie in this series, in a couple of weeks, because that's apparently set around New Year's. Okay. So that's going to come out around New Year's. Uh, I think it's actually might even. The air date might even be New Year's Day. Okay. Or something like that. January 1st, 2021, um, which is after The Thin Man. It's just called After The Thin Man. Apparently, I think it takes place, like, right after the end of this movie. Okay. Um, I feel like... I feel like there's a there's there's just a lot of very very dry humor we're gonna be treated to I think if we continue to watch the Thin Man movies, Janine. Yes, definitely a lot to talk about with uh, this dynamic for sure. Well, I mean, I don't know what you were expecting going in to this movie, but what did you get out of it overall? Um, I just liked how um, Nick and Nora's relationship felt so modern, you know, okay. very natural and modern. And, you know, I think when you're watching a movie, particularly from the 30s, you're expecting more of a sense of propriety. And, yeah. Um, that's what I was kind of looking for. Uh, and, you know, Nora to be more on the sidelines, you know, once I okay. once it started unfolding that this was going to be some kind of mystery plot. um. I figured she was going to be more on the sidelines, but uh, she was just as much in it as uh, he was, and that was really enjoyable to see. So, definitely yeah. some unexpected things here. Because they're like a for the time. they're a husband and wife detective team that kind of don't really work as a team, and they just <laughs> tr- kind of get the same case and then try and solve it individually. But then they're a team in the end, and just because yes. they just like each other, <laughs> they're just doing it for the fun, really. Yeah, that's all this movie is. Like, yes, there's an actual murder in this movie, and you know we're trying to figure out who killed this woman. But it's also just a bit of fun for Nick and Nora. Yeah, that's all they care about. It's like Sherlock Holmes, if it was way less serious. Yeah, <laughs> and with weird innuendos in there as well because there's uh, some weird innuendos in here one of my particular favorites is william powell um telling um everybody that nobody went near his tabloids and he's talking about newspapers yeah it's quite funny i like that um you know those those kind of witty 30s lines that we love so much so risque yeah <laughs> Fair, look, it, I mean, it is. We're not going to lie. It's kind of, it's kind of risque for nineteen thirty-four. You know what I mean? This is nineteen thirty-four. Is when the Hayes Code came into effect. Yeah. Now I don't know what this movie's relationship was like with the Hayes Code or with any code or anything like that. Um, but I do know that some in 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 some areas that certain scenes were kind of 
chopped up or certain lines were deleted or things like that just so it wouldn't be so outright because it is at times and like you've just said it feels like a very modern relationship between these two because they're talking very frankly with each other yeah and it's just kind of fun banter with each other and you like to see that um you kind of get stuff like that in screwball comedies as well i don't know do you feel like you get more modern feeling relationships i know screwball comedies tend to be quite wacky yes um but do you feel like the actual dynamic between the the man and the no the male and the female leader actually quite modern in those those actually feel like more products of their time screwball comedies. okay whereas this just felt very natural um, I mean, I will agree with that. It, it was very, very natural. But, again, looking into it, that seems to all come from the very natural relationship and rapport between the two leads. Um, it comes across unbelievably uh, in this movie. It really does. You can sit down for 90 minutes and watch The Thin Man and just be in love with the dynamic between the two of them. You don't even care too much about the story. Yeah. On the murder plot and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, you kind of want to see it through. But when you actually think about it, this is a movie from the early 30s and it's kind of perfect encapsulation of a MGM movie from the early 30s because MGM in the 30s, obviously, this is the Great Depression in America. People wanted happy movies. Yeah. MGM was the prime outlet of happy movies and musicals and things like that yeah um this movie is a case of let's make a movie that's just let's make a movie from this novel because let's be fair all movies all movies are either from novels but you know novels or plays yeah in the in the thirties, <laughs> we all know that it's everything's always an screenplay by somebody and adapted from the play by somebody else. But you don't get plays like this anymore. I feel that you just don't get plays in the same way. I would go and watch plays, Janine. Would you go to the theater to watch a play if it was like this? Yes. You just this was would. a lot of fun. Yeah. I just feel like they don't quite exist anymore not in the same style i mean why should they this movie's you know what 80 something years old nearly 90 years old 86 years old this movie so why would it be the same why would it be the same at all but it is it's a movie that is there for absolute comedy entertainment and just a nice, easy-watching murder mystery. It's like an extended episode of Scooby-Doo without the dog and without the weird ghosts, but instead it's just a snivelling murderer and a load of suspects that are unbelievably New York. Yes. It's unbelievable. And it happens to take place at Christmas, so bonus. And bonus that it happens to take place at Christmas because yet more happiness... Because what's more happy than Christmas? Traditionally, Janine. Traditionally, what's more happy than Christmas? Well, you know what makes me more happy than Christmas? (laughs) 
Christmas. I don't know. Our patrons, Morgan. Our It's a Wonderful Podcast patrons. That is a phenomenal <laughs> little reminder there, Ginny, because I got too excited talking about the thin man. It is Patreon Day. It is Patreon Day. Well done, Janine. We'll all applaud Janine there. Because she's done very well. Oh, That's quality podcasting there, Janine. Well done. Well done. Exceptional work. Oh, Truly, you, I'm you. not even being I'm not even being snide. I'm actually not. <laughs> um Well done, Janine. It is Patreon Day. And Every week on one of the shows on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed, we, of course, like to shout out our wonderful patrons of It's a Wonderful Podcast. Um, find, the Patre- find the Patreon on Patreon. It's a Wonderful Podcast. Just search that on Patreon.com. Find the tier that is right for you. The whole bunch of stuff going on on the Patreon, including Janine. Uh, you get monthly artwork and you get to vote in polls. Uh, you get bonus content. We do fun Sunday live streams with our patrons. So a lot of fun stuff to check out over there. Yeah. Long, whole bunch of stuff. Whole bunch of stuff. Well, one of the aspects of the Patreon, or the perks of the Patreon, of course, is for everyone to get a nice little shout out and a nice little thank you because we love you all every week on one of the shows on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. So I'll start by saying a big thank you to Abby Freel. Yay! And thank you to Jeremiah Morris. Thank you to Faraz Muthana. Thank you, 90s Comics Box, aka my big brother Justin. Uh, thank you to Video Drew. And thank you to Corey Morissette. Thank you to Robert Parker. Thank you to Christina Tina Barrow. Thank you to Heather Sabian. Thank you, Megan McCurley, Dr. Megs. Thank you, Marcus Burton. Thank you to Movie Finobi Steve. Thank you, Jake Yakavetta. Thank you to Samir Tesfai. Thank you to Patrick Harden. Thank you, Carla Fees. Thank you to Dwayne Burke. And thank you, Adam Collins. Thank you, Delisha Renee, Delisha Butler. Thank you, Oscar Romo. Thank you, Gigi. Thank you to the great Ken Napsock. Thank you to Tom and Kimber over at the Odd Shape channel. Thank you, Eric Garcia. And thank you, of course, as Janine likes to say, to the best hype man in the biz, Billy Pollahan. Woohoo! Yes. Thank you. We love you, patrons. 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 Well done, Janine. Well done, Janine. Success. Success. We love the patrons. They're phenomenal people. They really are. They are equally as phenomenal as William Powell's moustache. Yes, very fun. Because let's be fair, straight into the Mustache Hall of Fame does William Powell go. <laughs> applause. Applause to William Powell and his absolutely pristine moustache. Yes. Exquisite moustache. Beautiful, beautiful. Must- Look, I would like to know the stats of the Mustache Hall of Fame and how many of the moustaches come from movies from the 30s. Because I think if you look at movie moustaches, they peaked in the 30s. And then just have dwindled out ever since. Very disappointing. Into non-existence. You never get moustaches in movies anymore. <laughs> never. But you, you peaked in the 30s. Oh, I definitely. Mean, I, that. I think the moustache as a... I think the moustache in society peaked in the <laughs> 30s, to be perfectly honest with you. And it was um, usually the fancy, stylish ones, the thin ones. So. 
Yeah, the thin pencil moustache, which, let's be honest, William Powell absolutely nails in this movie. And it just works because he's also drunk all the time. (laughs) Drunk detectives. Yes, which I loved. Both him and his wife always kind of liquoring themselves up. There's a certain point where the wife drinks so much that she, you know, has to put the little ice on her head because she's Yeah. <laughs> because she's so liquored up. This is what I then this is what we're talking about with this movie, Janine. It's this weird, silly, frank movie that doesn't hold back on these kind of it doesn't hold back on making its characters they are clever. They are clever characters, clearly, Nick and Nora, because they are success, somewhat successful detectives. But they're, they're idiots, really. Yes, they just want to have fun. And, like, you know, Christmas morning, you know, Nick got a toy gun from Nora, and he's just shooting balloons off the Christmas tree with it and ultimately shoots out a hotel window, like, just playing around. <laughs> and, like, every shot, he's, like, doing these silly positions. He's laying down on the couch shooting. Yeah. And, like, every shot is just him shooting at, you know, in different silly poses. And, you know, this case has been looming. People they know are connected to this case and yeah. so people keep asking Nick to get involved. Nora loves the fun of investigating with him so she keeps trying to talk him into getting involved and he's like, no, I'm too busy, you know, working on my drinking and like he, he just <laughs> would rather just not deal with it. And so a bunch of people know him to be this like great detective and they want him to get involved but he's just perfectly content just, you know, then they're on vacation, you know, they're from California and they're yeah. uh, uh, in New York for holidays so people want him to get involved and he just kind of so the whole movie is basically people and Nora convincing him to get involved in this case meanwhile he's kind of low-key looking into things already on his own and kind of coming up with his own uh you know ideas about what happened and putting clues together on his own meanwhile just still constantly saying that he doesn't feel like getting involved and I like that you know Nora is so excited about the idea and uh, really wants to help him and get involved. And I like that it's kind of billed as um, them as a couple plus their dog are the ones yeah. investigating these crimes together. So it like, I think this whole kind of uh, idea of this couple and their great chemistry and dynamic along with their dog lends itself well to a multi movie kind of series. Because you kind it of does. follow them on in their marriage, on their adventures. Because I, I think I saw one of the posters, like maybe the third movie. There's now a baby, so okay. <laughs> so you know, it's it, it it seems like a fun idea of a franchise to follow these people as you know, like a Sherlock Holmes. You know, you're following yeah. these two characters, Sherlock and Watson, as they go on different adventures, solving these different crimes, and you get it with this very cute, relatable, likable. Uh, married couple who have this great and modern feeling chemistry they kind of poke each other and make faces at each other and push each other and like you know poke and prod at each other and, and tease each other and There's get a lot drunk of teasing and, each other. and yes and get drunk together and they have this really fun modern feeling dynamic that i don't even think i've seen in a screwball comedy like you know no yes there's no, he... like this kind of bickering back and forth but there's never uh you know making neener neener faces at each other no. and and like pushing each other and you know making faces while somebody's like you know 
in front of you and like when they're not looking you know like mocking each other in that fun silly way it feels so natural and very very modern i think a major difference between a movie like this or you know a comedy like this and a screwball comedy is that screwball comedies tend to be um man versus woman and it doesn't matter you know nobody ever comes out really on top and they usually get together anyway but it, the the whole conflict, quote unquote, of a screwball comedy is man versus woman, uh, and the silliness mm-hmm. that goes on there. Whereas this is man and woman together, Are just equal. having fun with each other. Yes, like, and it's the same level of equality, I think, in both things. But the comedy is what they're doing to each other in a screwball comedy. But the comedy in this is what they're doing with each with other. With each other. Oh, okay. So I think there's the kind of major difference, difference. there. Okay. And let's be fair, they just, the two of them look like they're having an absolute blast. It literally looks like they might as well have just started the cameras rolling and William Powell and Myrna Loy are just kind of talking to each other mm-hmm. because you imagine that's what they're actually like together yeah. as friends. It's cool. I like that. Yes. William William Powell's got this face as well. He just kind of always seems half... I can't even describe it properly. Because like, it's like a smile. But not a snide smile. But as though he's just having fun because he knows that he's going to be made fun of soon. Yeah. It's a weird kind of. I'm just having. F- I'm. I'm having fun with a little bit of banter with my wife here. This, this is what I enjoy doing. I'm gonna make this sleepy-eyed smile face. <laughs> He's got very sleepy eyes. To be fair to William Powell, he's got very sleepy eyes. I yes. liked him. He's very I relaxed. I don't, I don't think I've actually ever seen a William Powell movie before. No, but I do really like him, and I did find him. You know, I found him like older but very kind of attractive so that was kind of you know so that added to kind of their dynamic for me like you know they are a very attractive couple um oh they are i mean look speaking from my point of view i myrna loy is pretty attractive yes as 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 a, a character as well as just being myrna loy and being you know physically quite good looking mm-hmm. um nora herself is Obviously very quick-witted and... Yes, there's a lot of quick-witted women in 30s comedies. Sure. Sure there is. Myrna kind of up there. Or Nora's kind of up there. Yeah, like that's a name I've heard a lot, but I had never really seen her in anything. So it was great kind of uh, putting a face to the name that, you know, I know to be an iconic name in like classic Hollywood. So You put it with the quick-wittedness of a Rosalind Russell or someone like that, and I just think those two would play off each other. I'm just questioning now if Myrna Loy was in the the movie The Women, because she should have been if she wasn't, because it just fits her so well. Yeah. Um, although maybe maybe a movie like The Women is... I mean, it's a quick... Okay, it's a quick movie, and yes, you've got Rosalind Russell in there. I just think her and Rosalind Russell would play off each other each really other. well. Mm-hmm. If you were going woman versus woman movie, yeah, <laughs> I, ju- I feel like that would be phenomenal. Yeah, um, 
less so than a Catherine Hepburn or something like that, because I don't think Catherine Hepburn's necessarily a... I mean, to say Catherine Hepburn's not a quick-talking, witty woman will be an insult to Catherine Hepburn. But I feel like Catherine Hepburn's screwball comedy characters, for example, are a little bit more silly than a Rosalind Russell or a Myrna Loy that are yeah. very much on par with the male leads in terms of wit. Because you look at His Girl Friday and Rosalind Russell, yeah. and you look at The Thin Man and Myrna Loy. And there's kind of a no-nonsense about their about their quick-wittedness. You know? Exactly, and there's a very, very, very much uh, equality there. If not, actually, the woman's a little bit more sensible yeah. and kind of cleverer. But then, to be fair to The Thin Man and to be fair to Nick... He's, you said already, he's constantly throughout this movie claiming to everybody that he doesn't want to get involved. No, I don't want to get involved. I'm not involved in this. I don't care who it is. I don't want to get involved. I'm going to drink. And I'm going to continue to drink. And I'm drinking now. And I'm drinking later. And you've seen me drinking last night. I'm absolutely sloshed, he might as well be saying. But yeah, he is looking at everything throughout this movie. And, you know, he only he knows yeah. That he's actually, uh, do you know what? I figured this out. I'm, I'm that good. <laughs> I'm that good. I'm Nick Charles. I'm that good. And he is that good. Yes. Better I... than Sherlock Holmes. Better married couple than Holmes and Watson as well. Because depending <laughs> on who you uh, who you ask, Holmes and Watson are actually are married. Yes. Um... They're, they're an item. <laughs> Um, I will, so there is a mystery plot happening here. There is. Um, around this uh, amazing couple. So how did you feel about that aspect of the movie? The bills, oh, the clues, I, the... Sure, yeah, I like the, a nice... The climactic, final, killer-revealed dinner. <laughs> I mean, look, it was as absolutely stereotypical as a French person in a stripy jumper and a beret holding a baguette with a thin moustache was the fact that <laughs> William Powell brought all the suspects in for one final dinner, had a monologue, and then at the end, the suspect revealed themselves. Yes. It was absolutely stereotypical, but that's that's what you want. Yes, that's what that's you what want. It's what for. you expect. It's what you want. There's no... Oh, there's surprises, sure. There's, you know, twists and turns, and it's just a, it's a real old-school-feeling murder mystery that's such easy watching, and he's kind of interesting to just go, oh, I wonder who did it. I mean, I don't really care because I'm yeah. having fun anyway. Um, I love this I couple and I love did. I love them trying to figure things out. So that's kind of where my focus. So I didn't find myself trying to follow the clues myself and try to figure out who the killer was. I was more just invested in them figuring it out. And, you know, yeah. I liked that Nora was kind of like she didn't know, but she knew that nick knew but like he even in himself didn't fully know i think he just was like you know one of them i know for sure one of these people is a killer i'm not a hundred percent sure and he's like giving this whole monologue so confidently and she's like is that true he's like i don't know but uh, sounds right like i like that they are kind of having this whispery you know yeah. dialogue at the table together 
um, you know, of him they set really. The, they set this table so precisely. Yes, and they even plan out. To people. They even plan out where people sit. Um, but yeah, I like that he's not 100% confident in, you know, who the killer is, but he knows that one of them will be dumb enough to kind of reveal themselves if he kind of lays out the clues continually. And, you know, she's kind of on the edge of her seat because she wants to know. And he's yeah. not telling her. And she, I like that she kind of complains to him, like, just tell me, like, you're driving me crazy. Because, like, I'm, like, the same way. Like, when somebody knows something and I want to know and they're not saying it, but they're hinting at it and dancing around it. And I'm just like, just tell me, I want to know. <laughs> um, so I think this I, movie that, really works for you, Janine. Yes, it? it definitely felt like um, a lot of things I could relate to uh, in terms of, like, a, a relationship dynamic and, um, you know, just wanting to know and them yeah. not telling you and just like he's not him not being completely like sure in his answer but having enough smart enough to figure out you know that the people he has here are uh, one of them is involved and smart enough to know that one of them will be dumb enough to reveal themselves but still not a hundred percent sure if he's right and so that kind of grounds him a little bit it makes him not completely like this infallible perfect sherlock type detective who always gets his man kind of guy you know he's he's just really smart in kind of deducing things but he's still not a hundred percent and he's kind of half drunk you know he's half drunk he's half drunk and he's playing this confidence up Yes, and I like that he a, whispers to as, her that he's playing, like, to Nora yeah. that he's playing it up and he's not 100% sure. So, yeah, like, I... It's a fear tactic for him. Yes, so I do love their dynamic and his kind of detective style, and that's where I was able to kind of plant my focus more than on the yeah. the, the mystery itself. So while it Definitely. was something I was following, like normally for me, I would kind of maybe be someone who was trying to put things together myself, but I was more invested in them and their excitement in figuring things out that that's where my focus went. And I didn't find myself trying to, to figure out who did what, um, no. I was more focused on them figuring it out. And I was just like Nora, like, got <laughs> like shaking him, like, you're driving me crazy. Just saying who did it. <laughs> so yeah i i really liked that he felt grounded in that way that he wasn't this like infallible perfect oh i always get my man kind of guy he still had those unsure moments but he knew he was smart enough to play up the confidence he was smart enough to deduce uh you know who he had there were potential you know uh killers and he knew that they would be dumb enough to you know reveal themselves so i like that he kind of played off his strengths but there was still some doubt with him so it grounded him a little bit so i I really liked that yeah it definitely did it definitely did and look ultimately i just like that the killer turned out to be the snivelly horrible doesn't believe in santa claus psychiatrist from miracle on 34th street yeah so that's about like some comeuppance for me right there so a little bit a little bit because he was the worst the worst person in the world in the original miracle on 34th street go and listen to the episode we didn't care for him no did we janine i mean the actor's fine the actor's fine perfectly fine as an actor you know Mm -hmm. um porter hall but somehow he plays these really snivelly people yes which i mean he he was not supposed to be snivelly he was kind of like a nice person that you kind of Sure, yeah, he was, what, a lawyer? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you kind of, but then again, do people trust lawyers? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Not really. Um. <laughs> uh, is, is William Powell correct to kind of not trust this lawyer? Yeah. Probably, especially given the fact that he tries to kill him at the end. Yes. He pulls a gun and then kind of weirdly fires it up in the air when William Powell's kind of overpowering him and it's just like, oh, you knew all along. Yes, and like, he... No, not really, but you know, there he is. I Got did like now. that you Success. saw as he's kind of giving more evidence, like I like that like you see someone pulling a gun under the table, but yeah. you don't know who it is. So I like that little bit of mystery there. And can I just call out, um, we got a a pretty young and and, and sexy Caesar Romero in this movie, and I was kind of like, okay, okay, Joker, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, what was his What was his name? What was his name? Mister, it was a silly name. Chris, was it Chris? No, what was his last name though? I think he was. I think he was called Chris. But what was his Jorgensen? Jorgensen. Jorgensen. Yeah, Mister Jorgensen. Of course it was. Um, yeah, we did. Caesar Romero. It's nice to see Caesar Romero pop up. Of course, Caesar Romero is already in the Mustache Hall of Fame. Yes, and he had a nice little mustache in this movie as well. He certainly did. Caesar mustache Romero so always <laughs> that he refused to shave it and just had them paint it white when he played the. It's Joker. funny though, isn't it? <laughs> it's funny when you watch the '60s Batman and you can see Caesar Romero's mustache under yes. the white makeup. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. He refused to shave. Oh. That's. I think that might be why Cesar Romero is, in fact, in the Mustache Hall of Fame. I can't, off the top of my head, remember what movie he's actually in the Mustache Hall of Fame. I think. For. I feel like it's something we covered, but I can't remember. What I feel like it, it is. I've got it written down. I've got it written down, so I'll know. Um, but I can't. I can't get that list right now, unfortunately. But I think he, he he might not even be in for the facial hair that he had in this movie. He he may in fact be in just for the pure fact that he was so dedicated to his to that mustache, mustache. <laughs> that he refused to shave it yeah. to play Joker. Well done, Caesar Romero. William Powell is in the Mustache Hall of Fame, though, from this movie. There's plenty of good mustaches in this movie, though, Janine, to be absolutely fair. And like I've said, look, the 30s were the mustache peak of time. And I appreciate the 30s for doing that. Um, I also wanted to actually mention uh, Gilbert, the weirdly annoying son of... Is he a son of the Jorgensons or somebody else? He's the son of um, the the man who's suspected to have killed all the people. That Winant guy. Oh, that's true. Yes. So, uh, Cesar Romero is his stepson. Yes. Yes, he is. He, his glasses are the most thick-rimmed, round glasses. Picture... Harry Potter's glasses, or <laughs> John Lennon's glasses, or Mr. Magoo's glasses. <laughs> oh yeah, and then picture inch-thick rims around black, jet black rims. I've never seen a pair of glasses like it in my life. You look like the Nutty Professor if the Nutty <laughs> Professor had bigger glasses. It was ridiculous. 
So I just appreciated his glasses. Oh, I mean, you're a, never going <laughs> He was a very annoying Shoot. character. So I had kind of yeah, hoped he, kind of he was. was the killer just so he could get dragged away. <laughs> he was annoying. <laughs> he was a little bit well, actually, wasn't he? Yes, he was definitely the first uh, example, I think, of <laughs> well, actually. Yeah. He kind of really was. <laughs> he really, really was. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and uh, to be fair, the couple of really seedy new yorky guys i just appreciated for being really seedy new yorky guys in a movie from the early 30s um the get M- morelli yes and the nunheim N- nunheim yes yeah. and of course nunheim having a very new york girlfriend who's like hey the guy ain't with no stool pigeon (laughs) and they clearly just kind of throw plates at each other in their own home it's a terrible domestic relationship between those two um but he's there only wearing his white vest all the time unless he's outside of course where he's wearing his trench coat and his hat like everybody else yes in the movie because it's a movie from 1934 and you have to wear a hat nobody wears a hat anymore janine people should all wear the same hat (laughs) if i was king which i'm not king can't be king i would pass a law kings don't pass laws by the way (laughs) that everybody every every man has to wear a hat because i think it worked in the 30s as a style choice. Hat and a mustache. Well, I don't see you wearing a hat, Morgan, when you go out. I, would, I don't wear hats like that. I don't suit hats like that. But if I was the ruler of hats, then I would make it so. <laughs> and you would wear a hat a even mustache. though you don't look good in a hat? Yes, because if you if you wear a hat long enough, you eventually look good in it. Because people just become used to you in it. Okay. <laughs> just like if I shaved off the rest of my beard and just had a William Powell pencil mustache, after a while you'd think it looked good because you'd just become used to it. Okay, fair enough. I think it's true. <laughs> I actually think that's true. I mean, I'm not going to do like the, uh, you know, the Movember or that sort of stuff. If I'm, ha- if I'm having a mustache, I like I'm having a mustache. I appreciate the concept of Movember and it's very charitable and nice. Yes. But you know, like. If you're shaving your mustache, if you're shaving your facial hair into a mustache just for November, why not just keep the mustache? Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> people have gotten used to it for a month now. People kind of like your mustache. Yeah. So, you know. Hang on to it. <laughs> hang on to your mustache. Have a Christmas mustache. Look at all these cool people from the 30s who had mustaches. I've been watching a lot of TikToks about glitter beard. and. Gl- no, we're not doing that. <laughs> I like glitter facial hair where they just put Christmas colors in it. Very no, festive. I'm not doing that. Very festive, Morgan. You should do that for the holiday. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I should do that. Next watch along, I will be here in a Christmas glittery beard. No. Well, maybe next year we'll be on video and then you'll have to do things like that to entertain the people. <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows? That would be terrifying. Oh my God. Oh my god, I'm not doing a Christmas glitter beard, Janine. <laughs> Come on. It's not happening. It's Come on. not happening. Come on. Not even for this Christmas movie that's not even really a Christmas <laughs> movie. I just heard Oh Christmas Tree and 
I think that was the only Christmas song in the movie. And I mean, there was a Christmas party where there was that poor was sad man party. who kept getting depressed and wanting to call his mother. <laughs> well, that's true. There was a Christmas party and everybody was getting drunk. And look, look, actually, there's a good point as to why it actually is a Christmas movie. Because everybody's always drunk at Christmas and everybody was drunk in The Thin Man. Yes. More of a Christmas movie in a spiritual sense there. And yes. by spiritual, I mean alcohol. <laughs> Not spiritual like ghosts and souls. Yes. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it's just a very, very fun movie. It yes. really is. There's not too much detail to no. kind of get into. You can't do it because there's not a lot to it. You got some deplorable characters in there who obviously are all the, the your prime suspects for this crime. Of yes. uh, basically an inventor who, um, you know, his daughter's about to get married and he takes off on a trip and yeah. uh, doesn't tell anyone where he's going because it has to do with an invention. He doesn't want anyone to steal his idea. Um, but before he goes, the woman that he's kind of having a relationship with is entertaining other men and he wants to get the bonds out that he has saved for his daughter who now is getting married. Yeah. And he realizes those bonds of that are worth, you know, like $50,000 are missing and that this woman that he's been, you know, having a relationship with has taken them. Um, I liked that kind of early scene, to be honest, between them two. Yeah. Um, because she's... You know, he calls her out on stop trying to use my absent mindedness against me and tell me that, you know, I sold it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And he, he's fully aware of kind of her trickeries. They were already kind of setting up how deplorable this woman is. Even when he walks in, she's entertaining some other man. Yeah. So, so um, there's a good setup of, you know, this is kind of your person who's going to be the victim in this crime. Um, and who did it because they had a very big dispute that we first see. So then the inventor ends up leaving. He tries to call the police. She stops him. He ends up leaving and we don't see him for the rest of the movie. And he, he is presumably the thin man, right? That we're. <laughs> yes, I think so. Um, I think that, so. That I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit unclear title. on what on earth the title even is. Yes. Um, it should really be called. Nick and Nora's fun Christmas mystery. <laughs> fun uh, drunken playlist. Fun um. drunken playlist. Drunk, <laughs> Nick and Nora get drunk and solve a mystery. Yes. I think but they're all called title. The Thin Man. They're all called The Thin Man. After yes. the, what, what, what are the other ones called? I know the sequel's called After The Thin Man because that's what we're covering in a couple of weeks. I know that. But we also have, Ginny, we also have another Thin Man. Shadow of The Thin Man, which is a great title. I like that. The Thin Man Goes Home, which is a dreadful title. I don't like that. Yeah. And then Song of the Thin Man. What? <laughs> which is the end. Which um, or well, isn't, I don't actually think, is some sort of half musical. But it, it, it's about a murder of a musician. Oh, okay. So it's the Song of the Thin Man. Um, un, after the Thin Man, which is what we've got coming up in a couple of weeks' time, um, is a, a little bit closer to home for Nick and Nora, actually, in terms of the case, I'm led to believe. California, okay. No, I like closer to home as in closer to no, like themselves. No, they know. Oh, okay. So, uh, but I believe it's set on New Year's. I was looking through the kind of New Year's movies and the that sequel came up. up. Oh, okay. So I think it's, you know, kind of that. Um, another thin man is 
isn't anything in particular. That just seems like enough. I mean, they're all kind of well-regarded movies, which is kind of great, right? Like, why have I not watched these movies? Uh, And then Shadow of the Thin Man is apparently, oh, here's the synopsis. Nick and Nora are at their wisecracking best as they investigate murder and racketeering at a racetrack. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, look, I'm kind of fascinated by these Thin Man movies after having seen this one. I I want to watch them all. I think it will be a phenomenal marathon. But I feel like, you know, they started this one because the, the character who they're looking for, it was the Thin Man, right? Yeah. And now, I don't know if they intended it for it to be a series, and they just wanted to connect them, so now they've just got stuck calling all of them Thin Man something, but even though it doesn't really work. I just miss, I don't. it doesn't matter to me, but I just miss when sequels actually did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? When sequel titles were stuff like that, like Shadow of the Thin Man. Like, you know it's a Thin Man movie because it's got that thin in the title. title. Yeah. But it's not just, you know, let's all blame the Godfather for being Godfather Part 2 and starting the craze of everything having to be 2 and 3. Yeah. And, oh, God, let's not even get into the colon sequels. Janine, we don't like the colon <laughs> sequels, do we? No, no, no. Nobody likes the colon sequels. <laughs> and we may like the movies. We may like the movies. But nobody likes the titles. Yeah. We need, we need sequel titles that are The Mummy, The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, The Revenge of the Mummy's Hand, and that sort of nonsense. That's what I want. The Invisible Man, The Invisible Man Returns. <laughs> yes, that's how you do a title. Batman, okay, okay. Batman, Batman returns. returns. It's not Batman 2, is it? It's Batman Returns, Batman Forever. These are proper names (laughs) for sequels. The Thin Man, Shadow of the Thin Man, Song of the Thin Man. I mean, sure, after the Thin Man, another Thin Man. And I mean, another Thin Man quite has to be the most boring, nothing title in the world. But I'd still love to watch that movie. I do think it'd be a great, great marathon. I would... Highly recommend seeking out The Thin Man if you haven't seen it. I'm surprised it's taken me this long to find these movies. But, you know, that's what this show is about. And I'm excited because, yeah, I feel like the idea of older movies having a big series like this that aren't, like, Universal Monsters movies is something I don't feel like happens very often in this time. Um, And, like, especially how much we loved these characters just out the gate it's really exciting to get to know to know that there's more of them out there, like more with them and this dynamic. So I'm really excited to watch the next one and kind of maybe go and watch the rest of the series. Cause it seems like it's a lot of fun. So, you know, I always, I often say on this show on many episodes that older movies can be tough to try and get into they can because mm-hmm. they can come with a stigma of being snooty and kind of hoity toity and all that business, right? Yeah. Those kind of words. But you watch movies like this and you watch screwball comedies and that sort of stuff. And what a good starting point these would be to 30s movies. Yeah. If you want just, if you want to make someone 
realise, if you want to make a friend realise that older movies are worth watching and there's plenty of fun to be had in them and they're not all, you know, gone with the wind yeah, or something like that, <laughs> then you watch a movie like this or watch a silly screwball comedy with Cary Grant and they're going to enjoy that because it's kind of impossible not to enjoy those movies. They're way too silly. Yeah. You know, and this mm-hmm. movie's silly as well. It is. It's very silly. It's a good little murder mystery, sure. But you're not here for the murder mystery. You're here for William Powell and Myrna Loy, and that's what we stay for. That's what became the movie series. Yeah. Not the Thin Man. It was those two. And I'm excited for more, because that dynamic was my favorite thing about this movie, and it kind of took me by surprise to feel how, you know, just natural they were and how modern that relationship felt like i could see many people having that kind of relationship with their significant other just super you know silly and yeah and they know each other so well and they you know just get on so well so much mutual respect there for each other as well obviously all the time they're playing playing bickering with each other and just just for the fun of it but they clearly love each other a lot yeah. and just enjoy each other's company, yes. which is kind of what you want, right? Yes. That's kind of what everybody wants. That's just a nice way to live. Yes. Watch The Thin Man. You will not. You will not be disappointed. I do not think. Janine. Morgan. <laughs> anything else you would like to say about this? Gloriously fun, silly little movie. Just had a lot of fun. It was a nice surprise because I didn't really go into it knowing what it was about. And to learn that it's a whole series of films with this couple that I kind of fell in love with. I'm really excited to see the next one and kind of maybe go binge the whole series. So Yeah, like I definitely need to buy a Blu-ray collection of these movies. I have to believe there's one out there somewhere by some sort of creator of blu-rays you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um there's gotta be and i want it i want it i want it all and i want it now that's a song i'm not gonna sing (laughs) uh anyway anyway janine it's a wonderful podcast this has been episode 139 of the main show isn't that silly we're on 140 next week you know what next week is though because next friday is actually christmas day yes we still got an episode (laughs) so you know if you're uh if you're having a slightly unfortunate christmas day this year which you might very well be it's a tough year it's been a nasty year um but if you're feeling a little sad on Christmas Day. We'll be here. Well, it'll be me and Nolan. Um, but, you know, we'll be here for some silliness. We're talking It Happened on Fifth Avenue, which is uh, a very kind of in the spirit of Christmas movie. There's enough Christmas in it, and it's very kind of heartwarmingly Christmas. Yay. It's a real movie like that. It's a, it's a very, very good movie. Um, we'll be talking about that next Friday, Christmas Day. We've got an episode for you airing of the holiday movie extravaganza on It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show. 
Um, of which this movie is a part of as well. Look, you know, let's class it as a Christmas movie, Janine. The internet does in its weird lists of old Christmas movies. Okay, so, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with, <laughs> I'm okay with, with classing <laughs> it as a Christmas movie. I'm definitely okay with it. I, I want to put this on my yearly Christmas movie watching list. Yay. I've found so many more. I've found so many new, in, new movies that have to go on my christmas movie watching list now it's just becoming bigger and bigger i don't know if i have the time every december <laughs> but i do i always i always make the time yes yeah. i always make the time for glorious holiday movies we love them anyway the next time we'll be here on the main show together janine well it's another discussion probably very similar to this one because it's just the sequel after yeah. the fin man <laughs> um from a couple of years later i think maybe 1936 um, was after the Thin Man or 35. I'd like to confirm that now because you know I'm going to get annoyed with movie release dates. While I look at that, Janine, what else do we have got going on on this podcast feed? Oh, of course, there's Machine Mondays with me every Monday, Janine the Machine, talking all things Schmodown. Um, and then, of course, Morgan hasn't seen every Wednesday where I force Morgan to watch things he hasn't seen. So definitely some fun shows to check out on the feed besides the main show here with us. Um, so yeah, please yeah. check out the wonderful podcast feed. All places podcasts can be found. Like Janine says, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have you covered here on the It's a Wonderful on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. It was indeed 1936. Oh. There you go. I was right the first time. Ha ha. Success for me. Uh, I'm like Nick Charles. I know. <laughs> the correct answer even if i don't really know the correct answer <laughs> i'm good like that anyway those are all the shows we have on the it's a wonderful podcast feed we're always here having fun being silly and loving movies that's what we do the best i think i think that's what we do the best we've also already talked about the patreon of course patreon.com slash it's a wonderful one go on there find the tier that's right for you whole bunch of fun stuff going on there we'd love to have your support and we love all our patrons dearly but we love everybody that listens to these shows we, we just love our patrons dearly because <laughs> we know who they are yes so we appreciate that's why. you <laughs> We do. We appreciate everybody, though. We truly, truly do. You can find the show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at the Purple Don with the three instead of the E in the because, Janine. Three is the magic number. Or just on Instagram at the Purple Don. Janine, all your good stuff is at where? You can find me at Janine DeBean on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to get any merch for any of our shows or check out my artwork, you can find all of that at my Public shop at G9Design on tpublic.com. Can we get a shirt design of me dressed as Nick Charles with a moustache? But it's me. It's got my hair and my face, but it's got a Nick Charles moustache. And I'm holding a martini. And acting drunk and saying, you're the killer. That seems a little much, but it's doable. Okay, I'm not going to do I, that. I was kind of thinking maybe more of a Mustache Hall of Fame shirt. A Mustache Hall of Fame shirt, we should have. I've <laughs> been inducted into the Mustache Hall of Fame, and then you can all go and get yes. your Mustache Hall of Fame shirts. What a phenomenal idea for yes. the new year, Janine. Yes. What an excellent idea. We need a Mustache Hall of Fame shirt. Yes. 
success. Love it. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. You can find me, though, also, of course, just getting as drunk as Nick Charles this Christmas, (laughs) hopefully. Because that just seems like a fun thing to do. Fair enough. They think it's a fun thing to do. Why can't I? (laughs) Why can't I? I don't know. And what I do know is that this Sunday, actually, in a couple of days' time, we have our next It's a Wonderful Watch Along, where I think I will probably almost certainly be drinking. Yay! <laughs> because we're watching Die Hard. Yes! Yeah. Which is another, you know, Christmas set movie where people may contemplate whether it actually is a Christmas movie or not. But that's what we're doing this Sunday. So join us on the YouTube. If you go on those social medias we've just mentioned, you'll be able to find the link there. So it's a live watch along on YouTube on Sunday. Die Hard. Because what better community Christmas movie is there than maybe a version of A Christmas Carol? But then the only version of A Christmas Carol, the only only versions of A Christmas Carol that I would want to watch on a watch along both are musicals. (laughs) So it's a little yeah. bit different to do on a watch along on YouTube a musical. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um or it's a wonderful life and I'm not prepared to have everybody watch me cry. Oh. I'm not prepared for that in the slightest, but I will be watching that movie of course. I'll be watching all the lovely Christmas movies. It's great. But keep an eye out for that die hard watch along because it's going to be an absolute blast, isn't it, Janine? It's going to be Explosive. Explosive. It is okay, let's use that description. Let's use that description. That's great. That's perfect. I love it. Anyway, I think there may only be one thing left to do. Janine, do it in an impression of somebody from the thirties. Meow, meow. Exactly perfect. Three. You see? Two. And a one, yeah, yeah. Bye. Why is that man searching through my drawers? <laughs>